corral and the spars, but <laughs> we're not we're not one bit happy. That uh, didn't give us on this boat and we're not one bit happy. For immediate reaction from around the grounds, catch League of Ireland late night. Every Friday, 10 p.m. on Twitter Spaces. Follow at off the ball. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Welcome along to the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. I'm Phil Egan. Delighted to welcome to the show David Connolly. And Ashley O'Reilly is in studio with me as well. Ashley, looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, exciting weekend for sure. Um, a tough one to call between Real Madrid and, and Liverpool. Definitely a tough one to call, but uh, I think it's going to be close. It's going to come down to the wire. But uh, very excited, yeah. Yeah, David Connolly is joining us as well. Now, at the moment, David, I can see you, but I can't hear you. I'm, for some reason, I'm getting a, a different, different feed in here. So just bear with me while, while we get this sorted out. Um, yeah, the I said we got David sorted out. Now I'm I'm currently hearing a feed of a different Back person. Kenny. Yes, Back Kenny's he's coming through. <laughs> yeah, he's telling me to move on. David, you should be able to hear us now. I can. Yeah. yeah. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. yeah. For, uh, so yeah, let's get straight into it. Um, you know, we've done uh, a poll. Who's going to win the Champions League final? Fifty-four percent say Liverpool. Forty-five percent or forty-five point one, fifty-four point nine for Liverpool, forty-five point one for Real Madrid. But it really is that close. I think anyone that says who they think is going to win with confidence might be telling a few fibs, David. Yeah, I t- look, I think you're right because kind of as, as Ashley was saying, you know, the excitement building around the game. But when you're facing Real Madrid, right, you you obviously you, you never know because even when they're not at the best, as we saw. In the semi-finals, they they managed to find a way. The only thing I'd say on that is, at some point, do you think that 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 might run out? Not necessarily luck, but being able to find a way so often, or is that the hallmark of of being the the side that they are? Um, you know, Liverpool are in a much better place than they were in 2018 than they were in 2019. You got to remember all those years ago. That was the first time they played in the Champions League. Now, obviously, they've won it. They won the league. Um, they do have injury problems, which I think will have an impact. I think he does have selection calls, which I guess we'll touch on in a, in a bit. Um, and I think there are, I think there, are, I wouldn't say much stronger side, but I, I think there are a lot, a lot stronger than the Real Madrid. And and I think, you know, as long as they they get a couple of positions right, and in terms of when they don't have the ball, who they're marking and tracking, uh, I think Liverpool will win this. I'll be I'll be with the fifty four percent. I think. Yeah, no, it's, it is a tight one. Actually, the thing about it is if you're Liverpool and even if you make a good start or you're, you're winning, you know that this Real Madrid team, even if you're a couple of goals up and they've proven, obviously, against PSG, against Chelsea, against City, that like you cannot put them away. They no. just seem to be so hard to put away. The only thing is, all those turnarounds have come at the Bernabeu. Yeah, well, you can't be complacent going in against Real Madrid. No way. Uh, they're 13-time champions for a reason. They know how to win. As we said, the, some of those games have been really tough for them. People were sort of saying during the week that they were lucky enough. And I was like, lucky? How would you be lucky with against Man City, Chelsea, 
PSG and as you said that they came from behind and a few of those too and that shows great character and shows a really good team to, to be able to do that and I think they need to start strong they haven't been starting as strong in some of their games and I think that's going to be important for them um, because I think if you let Liverpool get a lead you know it's, it's going to be tough but uh, I think around the middle I know we're going to get into it around the middle is going to be a good battle I think that's a position that Real are pretty strong and they could dominate there and they're going to pull the strings there and look that could change things altogether and once you get into a Champions League final you know everything changes you know there's mass, massive pressure there they have a lot of experience there too so you never know what's going to happen on the day No I think that's it we don't know I think one thing David we're going to be very interested in though is the the team selections because it's something that um, we just touched on there Liverpool the word seems to be that Fabinho should be okay Thiago was back training yesterday which which is what we were told on Wednesday that he'd be back training yesterday now most people would say the first choice Liverpool midfield includes Fabinho Thiago and Jordan Henderson so if he's got players that one went off last week the other didn't play last week do you start both of them? Yeah you do yeah this uh, Champions League final yeah you absolutely start them and I, and I think they will if they're if they're 70% fit they'll they'll play you know, because look, uh, when you play football anyway, by and large, very rarely are you fully fit. And um, uh, I imagine plenty of painkillers or whatever, and they'll, they'll get out there if, uh, if they're fit enough. I think the midfield is, is certainly the area that, that, that he has decisions to make. I think he's got a choice to make at the back as well in terms of Matip or Canate. Um, but I think if Fabinho uh, is fit, I think he plays. Normally then, what would Jordan Henderson do? Because that squeezes sort of Keita out. But I think if Thiago's fit, it'll be it'll be that three that you mentioned. Um, and, and I think they're going to be needed because certainly the likes of Vinicius, you know, up against Trent might be a battle that they'll have to win. But likewise, you know, if Diaz starts, Chelsea altered their team in the cup final to try and compensate for, for stopping Luis Diaz by playing Reese James almost alongside Shalaba. So... There's a few things that, that Raul will have to do as well, I think. Yeah, you've also got memories of um, Carvajal against Mbappe in that um, that game at the the Parc de Prince, and he yep. got absolutely roasted. Like yeah. as somebody who used to play as a right back, I just my heart went out to him. But every time Mbappe got it, he, he targeted. So surely Luis Diaz has to start then. Yeah, I, I, I think he will start for that yeah. reason. Um, because w- when you look at the cup final, I know he, he did fatigue a lot, Luis Diaz, and he has played an awful lot of football in a short period of time, you know, like Salah and all these. But but look, nonetheless, I, I think if Carvajal and Mendy are the two fullbacks, uh, you know, I, I think they're top players, obviously, but we're talking the very, the you know, this game, I think Diaz and, and Salah out wide with Mane through the middle, that would be the front three that I would pick. Yeah, would you go along with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Diaz has to start. I think he's so influential. He's brought such a freshness and just so creative on that left wing. Um, I love watching him play and I think he's been a standout and I think he'll thrive in this type of environment in such a big game. Um, and I, I think he deserves to, to to start for sure. And he plays off Mane and the likes of Mosala up front. He, play, he plays off them quite well. Um, and he's not afraid to, to go himself. And yeah, he's so creative. But oh, I think he absolutely deserves to, to get in there. Yeah, I think, David, the only thing Liverpool haven't done in those cup finals against Chelsea is score a goal in, in normal time and or in extra time. And it, it's not as if they haven't created chances. And I wonder 
if they did score early or got a breakthrough tomorrow early that you know things could click and then all of a sudden the goals start flowing yeah, look, you might be right. I mean, um, the, the 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 cup final they they started off like a house on fire, you know, and you know Diaz should have scored to be honest. I mean, he, he had two or three really good opportunities, um, but yeah, if they got if they got that early goal, that would change. I mean, what you would say is in the league they they haven't done that themselves. You know, they've often had to come from behind and they're just grinding out the victories, which is which is one thing. Um, you know, but but he has to get it right at the back. As much as the attacking talent, you know, who's going to be best up against or helping out with Benzema down through the middle? Is it Canate or is it is it Matip? You know, because Canate's got that extra bit of pace to help on Vinicius' side where Trent is. But, you know, would you put him in a game like this? I know he made an error against Wolves. It's a really big call because he's been brilliant in the Champions League. He's come up with goals against Benfica, goals against City, but Matip's been his number one. So I think I think that is a I think it's a bigger call than you think because I think his pace will help with Vinicius. It's just whether in such a game he would he would not play Matip, which is uh, it's a tough one to call. It is, yeah. But I suppose actually it's a sign of how strong Liverpool are now in central defence that Liverpool fans would be happy, I think, with either. If it's Kanata or Matip, whereas you think of Do last, well, yeah, I, th- I think they would. But the only thing I'd say is that he pl- he played Kanata against United. Uh, I know Trafford. Whenever yeah. it was, yeah, and and he came in to to help out with the pace down down Trent's side, knowing. But obviously, Vinicius is a cut. I mean, Vinicius is the very peak of his powers, right? Mm-hmm. He's a player, you know, he's like a Diaz, but he's probably ahead of someone like Diaz at this moment in time. Yeah, you know, he's incredible. So do you need his pace beside him? I just wonder, has he, you know, people will say, has he got an error in him? That might be the error. And he's not maybe as accomplished on the ball as Matip. So you, you're kind of, you know, you are losing a little bit with the ball. I, it's a big call at the back, you know. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. You know, yeah. I probably would have Matip, but it's a brilliant problem to have. Like, you need that impact off the bench. We've seen it time and time again, playing a lot of game time. Okay, so that they'll obviously, you know, want to see who's at their best for this Champions League final. But uh, no, I think uh, Klopp knows what he's doing. We've, yeah. yeah, you know, he's got the results so far. And um, I think for me, I would say Matip. But uh, yeah, it'll, it's, it'll be a close call. But I'm sure we'll see both anyways at some point. Yeah, well, in fairness to Kanata, he's come on in, in extra time. He, he replaced uh, Van Dijk in the, mm-hmm. in the cup final as well. But the guy is still 22. It, it, it just shows how good a season he's had, David, that yeah. the fact that we're even talking about him starting yeah. the Champions League final. But he probably will go with Matip. Matip, obviously, you know, his experience, he'll know how to 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 play Vinicius Junior. But it's, um, yeah, it's definitely, there's, there's two areas if you're a Liverpool fan tomorrow when the team comes out, you're looking at who gets the nod at centre half and who's the midfield three. Yeah, that's right. Because look, you give you give anyone in the middle of the park, Modric's a bit of space or uh, any balls wide that are coming in the box. We've seen Benzema. He's brilliant on the end of crosses. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, I know Canate's big, but it's just marking in the box. There, there's, there's so many little nuances to the game, which, you know, can be exposed. And, you know, just switching off for a fraction, which is the big call with with Canate or Matip. But... Um, I, I think it's going to be a very, a very close one, but certainly at the back and in midfield. And you would say, look, would he, would he play a Firmino, for example, 
I, I doubt it. I think the front three picks itself. But I, I think, interestingly, which you probably wouldn't want in a final, he's got question marks right through the spine of the team. And if you're Jurgen Klopp, it, look, it's probably not ideal, but it, it comes back to the programme that Liverpool have had, right? And I know he's got the squad now, but centre-half, centre-mid, and arguably centre-forward, you know, I know Mane's going to play. But, you know, right through the spine, there's a couple of, you know, decisions to make. Yeah. And actually, one thing is, and he's done this very well throughout the campaign, five substitutes, which we know wasn't the case in the Premier League. It will be next season. But Klopp has used his bench very well. I think of the the Inter game at the San Siro where Inter were on top at the start of the second half. Made He made uh, three changes and it just changed the whole game. He has that. Yeah. He's so prepared. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think if it uh, comes down to the grind, just when we were talking about it there, David, like if it comes into that sort of game, I think Real Madrid will be on top in that terms. You know, like if they're having to, to fight coming down to the end of the game, I think that's where they'll really shine. So I do think you'll have to get the calls right. But uh, yeah, the bench is so strong for Liverpool. And we've seen it time and time again. They're making such an impact when they come on. Exactly what you want to see. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid of, of how it's going to line out. I think he knows exactly what he's at. But it, it is going to be interesting to see how it does pan out. Yeah, you know the other the other thing, Phil and Aisha, I just say just quickly. One thing I noticed from the cup final, the FA Cup final to the League Cup final, right? When it went to penalties, because I worked at both, I was at the game, and I said, "There's no way this will end up 11-10 or or, or on pens." Both teams are out on their feet, and and you know they've had, I think they've had a uh, you know the turnaround in games, playing more or less every three days, right? If it does end up in extra time and penalties. It, it, I mean, I know Jurgen Klopp has complained about this and there is something in this. Real have had eight days since their last game and prior to that, he had the luxury, I think, against uh, Cadiz or Betis of, of resting quite a few. You know, I think he played his strongest team against Betis uh, to, to warm them up, but they had mm-hmm. eight days break. You look at that cup final, they're out on their feet. There was no way that was going to go down to number 10 or 11. You know, and I said it on the radio. <clears throat> you were just looking at the body language. They were kind of spent and you knew that it wasn't going to end up like the freshness of a February time and you come down to this time and you just hope it doesn't go against Liverpool's way because of you know they've had such a draining season you know fighting on four fronts yeah Mm. well it's it's one last push really and I I suppose it would they obviously ideally want to get it done in in 90 minutes but who knows it it could go to extra time we've been talking a lot about Liverpool but let's talk about Real Madrid because Talking about impacts, one player that could have a big say in tomorrow is Camavinga. He was unbelievable when he came off the the bench against Manchester City. Just that energy he brings and he he definitely changed how things looked for for Real Madrid in the second leg against City in that midfield area. Yeah, and and I think we discussed this on Off the Ball uh, on a previous show that, that Carlo and his quiet leadership, you know, turning to the bench, and, and asking the bench, asking Marcelo, and I think he was talking to Tony Kroos, wasn't he, at the time, who should I bring on? Or what's your thoughts? Who to go with? And, you know, the subs, whether it's Rodrigo or Camavinga, you know, they've had a, they've had a, a great impact, as you'd expect, right? But this is Real Madrid, you know, so, so, so they should. So I think, I think both sides have got the strength in depth. You'd, you'd, you'd maybe, it's hard to say who's got a, a deeper squad, a better squad. I think Liverpool have, but certainly the subs from from Real, you know, obviously really did the trick um, in the semi-final. As, but you kind of expect that, right? They ha- I mean, Bale probably 
there's talk he's in contention. Is he going to get a shot? You know, Hazard? No, I, I doubt it. And they're the players that are probably not even going to, you know, get any minutes on the pitch. Yeah, we haven't talked about the main man, Ash. Karim Benzema, obviously. Oh my God, unbelievable. What a season he's having. Yeah, so you just know how good he is movement-wise. How do you keep him quiet for Yeah, for that is the, the task that Liverpool have. It's incredible the way he's playing at the moment. And if he's on form and he is seriously tough to stop, you know, then you could really see Real doing this. Uh, Modric as well, midfield. And that's going to be a really good battle in there. Um, he pulls the strings. And I think a lot of this will come down to experience. And I know that's easy to say, but, you know, when you're 13 times in in finals, you know, um, obviously under Zidane, it was, what, 2016 to 2018. They have this experience and they know how to win in these finals. So I think that will come down to it as well. Um, you know, it's a big stage, but I think if it, there's an area that Real are a bit stronger in my view, I think it's that midfield area. Yeah, I think as well, Dave, one thing Real don't do is they don't lose European finals. You have to go back as far as the 81 final, which incidentally was against Liverpool in Paris. So maybe it's written in the stars for Liverpool. Who knows? But we we touched on it with Vinicius Junior. That is going to be the area they're going to be targeting. It's not that he's going to... It's the space in behind Trent Alexander-Arnold rather than if he actually gets to take him on one-on-one. We know Alexander-Arnold is going to go forward. That's what he's told to do. So it's that space, it's that ball, whether it's Modric or it's Crows pinging one down the that side. And if Vinicius Jr. gets a run on Matip or Kanate, whoever it is, then the danger signs are there for Liverpool. Yeah, they are. You know, because Liverpool's defensive line is so high. You know, when you, when you watch them live on a massive pitch... More often than not, they've got it right. And that's credit to all the work on the training ground. They've done brilliantly on that high line. But, you know, we did see against Chelsea that Chelsea got in quite a few times in behind them as well. And, and that is one area that they'll be looking for. Look, they, they're not blessed with pace, Raul. They're not blessed with pace, apart from probably Vinicius Junior. Valverde's pretty quick. But barring that, is Benzema marking in the box. And it's the cute and cleverness of, of Modric and those in and around him. And then it's trying to force Vinicius down the outside and having enough pace. If he goes down the outside, you can match him. You know, Trent doesn't have the, the pace if you force him down the outside, but then he can't let him come infield because like we saw it, he scored a great goal against Sevilla. I mean, he's so talented cutting infield. Um, so it's, it, it's, a real, it's a real challenge. Um, how they stop the pace of, of Vinicius. Because that high line, if they play with such a high line, then, you know, you, you think that there will be opportunities for him, Vinicius. Yeah, you're going to be watertight in midfield with that high line. So you, you're leaning towards Liverpool? Me? Yeah, yeah, I'm leaning towards Liverpool, absolutely. But obviously you don't discount Rahal. And even the teams are beaten on the way here. I mean, I think Ashim was talking about it. You know, uh, Chelsea, PSG, you know, Man City, they've had a a much tougher route. They've had a bit of a longer, more relaxed build-up, I think. Plenty of R&R. Um, and obviously, they, they, they know they've been in this position so many times. But I, I think Liverpool, I think, they've got, I, think they've got the, I think they've got the better team. Yeah, what do you think? You got I think on paper, they absolutely do, don't they? Like the, They look like they've the strength and depth within their squad. Such a strong team. You look at Klopp, the... Just even the the character that he is, uh, how he manages them, how they speak about him, all these things even off the pitch that transpire onto the pitch. They have it all going for them at the minute, but they've had a long season. 
you know, really have the FA Cup, the Carabao, they lost out with the Premier League. They've all these, you know, big moments. They want to add, they want to come back from the Premier League. They want to add to those other trophies they've won. Um, but yeah, it's it, it just worries me the experience that the Real would have. Um, but it definitely will come down to the wire, and I think I will go. Yeah, Liverpool just 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 about wouldn't be surprised went to penalties oh again. God, I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if Liverpool fans will be able for a, a third penalty shootout of the season. You're listening to the football kickoff with Sky, all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports. BT Sport and Premier Sports. Now, obviously, for a Champions League final, there's a lot of pressure, but it's a different type of pressure that we're going to see at Wembley on Sunday, David. Nottingham Forest against Huddersfield, the Championship playoff. When I watch playoff football, there's just the drama it brings. It's a different type of drama. It's almost like there's a desperation. It's what's at stake. Well, you know, we've just spoken about the Champions League final. It's obviously the biggest prize in European football, club football. But the prize of getting to the Premier League and what that can do for the finances of a club. And you look at Forrest, obviously, haven't been there since 1999. Huddersfield were there a few seasons ago. This is going to be a tense one on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. So, yeah. you know, it's a game that uh, you, you're there and, and, and it's one to, to enjoy. And it certainly is if you win. But I've been on a losing team in a playoff final and it is horrible. And, you know, it, they can be tense affairs. As, as we've seen, you know, sometimes the, the, the side that finishes highest in the league, as Huddersfield have, don't, don't always get through. Um, you, you know, last season they did. Brentford were, were brilliant. Um, this one is much more even, I feel. I feel Forrest have, have got one of the best young players in the league um, in Brennan Johnson. He's absolutely outstanding. And they're quite a young side up against a Huddersfield team who, you know, I, I watched them in the semi-final against Luton. They ground it out. Um, you know, their wing-backs, especially Harry Toffler, is a real threat. And it, look, it's a, it's a really tough one to call. I think, I think for, for the romance, you'd want Forrest to go up, right? You know, because of, of their storied history and, and, and everything else about Nottingham Forest. Um, but you just don't know. What I would say, Steve Cooper's done a great job. Stephen Reid is there. You know, when I was talking to Stephen um, at, at the semi-final, um, and you know, he, he was in great form, really enjoying himself under Steve Cooper. Yeah, they play with loads of freedom, um, and and they just go out and express themselves and enjoy themselves. And I don't think they'll change for the final. Yeah, it, as David touched on there, Ashley, it's like almost everybody wants Forrest to get in, and I wonder how that affects Huddersfield. Is that like the siege mentality where they think? we're going to prove a few people wrong here absolutely it's a, it's like any sport you know when everyone jumps on the back of, of one team because as we said the, the romance of it all it would make a great story like 170 million is is what could be on the line here for the club yeah. like that is incredible amount of money you know to for a club like them to to any of them to achieve you know it would just change everything completely like you said the passion the excitement that comes with the playoffs is, is brilliant I love waiting for it and yeah, it, it, it's a hard one to call. You know, it's their fourth meeting between the two of them. Uh, Forrest won twice, Waterfields uh, won once So, in the previous three encounters. So it, it's going to be a tight one to call. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm unsure. I'm unsure. Yeah, what about you, Phil? It's, well, I don't know. it's a strange one as well. A Sunday. I don't remember playoff finals being on a Sunday, David. I remember the Monday one, obviously, because you know we used to get home from school in time to watch it. Then it got moved to Saturday. I, I can remember... 
the season that Derby beat QPR or sorry QPR beat Derby it was the same day as a Champions League final and they kind of were going down that route but the Sunday afternoon is a is a different one to be honest I think that the, the kickoff time is awful and it as it was for the FA Cup final I thought that was a dreadful kickoff time if you're a player you don't mind I think you like an early kickoff you know you don't mind at uh, 12 12 30 you get up have your breakfast go and play three o'clock you can understand you, you're used to it your whole career evening kickoffs uh, you used to love because you could do your normal routine, have a little rest in the afternoon and go again. But, you know, 4, 4.30, 5.30, whatever, the, the cup final, dreadful time as a player. You're hanging around all day um, until eventually, you know, you, 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 your meals are all messed up. It, it, was, it would be the worst time that I would want to play at. Um, and you've got a long build-up to it, you know, which and you're killing a lot of time. So for a player, I don't think it's ideal. I don't quite understand it, but... Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it, it's difficult. I know Huddersfield have gone to Portugal. I think they went there last time they went up. So trying to have that little bit of a routine, whereas I guess Forrest haven't had that in such a long time. And and despite, I think it's only Jack Colback, maybe Steve Cook, sort of on the wrong side of 30. Quite a young team, you know, um, don't quite have that experience of, of necessarily playing at Wembley and success. So yeah, look, it's a tough one to call. Yeah, obviously Steve Cooper will be looking to make up for what happened last season in the in the playoff final when he was Swansea manager. But let's talk about the other manager, Carlos Cobran, who he's done a fantastic job, David. This is a guy that was on the Leeds coaching staff. Bielsa highly rated him, which is always a nice endorsement to get because when Bielsa trusts you, you know that um, you you know you're doing something right. But he's kind of just come in there, and maybe the Huddersfield fans were scratching their head at this appointment, but. He's proved a lot of people wrong this season. Yeah, I mean, I saw them against uh, Brentford. I remember he was he, he was like Jurgen Klopp on the sideline, berating his players at, uh, almost all games, so demanding of them, his body language. Um, yeah, you could tell that he wants the game played and he's meticulous in his detail. I think, you know, some big managers have helped their staff get jobs, you know, and sometimes it's worked out, you know, in terms of, I don't know, Charles Ferguson putting a word in or wherever it may be and, and then a particular coach gets an opportunity at a club. Maybe they wouldn't have got. Now, maybe he he, he had that with Bielsa. You know, he, he had that association with, with Bielsa. That might have helped him get the job at Huddersfield. The turnaround has been incredible. They were, what, six points off the drop last season. They don't have a team of superstars whatsoever. I mean, a lot of people probably can't name that many of their players. You know, I mean, one of them, Sorba Thomas, they signed from Bourne Wood, you know. So, um, and he's been their you know, best assist maker. So they've got a director of football, Lee Bromby, who's done brilliantly. Um, the former player was at Sheffield Wednesday. And they've unearthed like a few gems, you know, and done really well with their recruitment. You know, Nichols coming in. Um, they've signed players from NK Dons for nothing. And to be where they are, it's been superb. Yeah, I know we're running out of time. Just uh, before we go, another European trophy for Jose Mourinho. David, five wins from five in European finals. Beat your old club, Feyenoord, in the final. And, you know, a lot of people wondered when he got that Roma job, what could he bring to the table? Because they're still a fair bit off the the main clubs in, in Italy, the, the two clubs in Milan. Obviously, Napoli were ahead of them as well, Juventus. But 
I mean, by all accounts, looking at the parade going through Rome the last couple of days, the fans have certainly taken to Josie. Ah, uh, they have, but you know, I've got I've got a bit of beef with this, you know, because if you watch the game, right? I mean, you 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 are talking chalk and cheese with these two these two clubs at the minute. I mean, final are feeding off absolute scraps, and you know, Roma can bring on Spinazzola. Yeah. I, I mean, and then I listened to the halftime analysis and it made my blood boil because, you know, they were saying, ah, oh, Feyenoord are running around like puppy. I don't know what game they were watching. To me, Feyenoord were fantastic, but they were just devoid of a few positions and they'd done so well to, to even make that position. They made the whole game. They dominated in every regard. They just didn't score. And they got done because they're probably one centre-half short of being a, a really good European team. Other yeah. than that, there was nothing in the game. Nothing in the game. No, I, I think even watching the second half, I'd be surprised if Roma strung five passes together. They were yeah, quite happy exactly. just to, to knock yeah. it long to Tammy Abraham. And Exactly. And, and the, the, you know, Sinesi from Feyenoord, he shut out someone who'd scored 27 goals. He mm. didn't get a kick. And everyone spoke about Chris Smalling. I mean, the bias I found, I, I, I had to keep, uh, you know, keep, I, I've, had to keep my, I've had to keep my lid on it until now because I found it really unfair for a, a club that has got peanuts, really, to even get to that level and be so close uh, and, you know, have basically nothing compared to Roma who just parked the bus and with one ball, one error from the defender, they scored a goal. I mean, you know, and then everyone was like, Mourinho's a genius. And he, anyway... That's my rant over. Well, look, I, you're obviously still very attached to, to Feyenoord. Just on, on Feyenoord and Dutch football, um, Eric Ten Hag did his first press conference as Manchester United manager during the week. And I, look, I, I don't even know. He would have been playing in, in the, the Dutch top flight around the same time as you, David. But I'm not sure if you remember playing against him, he, what, what he would have been like as a player. But certainly he's an impressive manager. He's got a big job on his hands. So when he gets those United players in, you think about when you've played for certain managers, how important is that first meeting with the players when he gets them on the training ground? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You, you obviously, you want to basically show them who's the boss, but also that you are good enough to be at a club like Manchester United. Yeah, well, look, look obviously, I think, I think um, they've had experience of employing a Dutch coach before. They've had Dutch people in the background. They've had, you know, Dutch uh, recruitment staff, um, Dutch players. You know, it's it's a road that United have travelled down before. Um, I think what they're looking at is Ten Hag as a, a tactical man, a technical man who's uh, normally Dutch coaches, they coach. They're on the pitch. They're on the training field. They're, you know, he'll be like a Pep Guardiola on the training pitch. He won't be like a, a Jurgen Klopp who, who maybe has a throwing coach. He has Pep Liners, who's Dutch, taking his training and Jürgen oversees it. Eric Ten Hag will be on the pitch coaching the players. And, you, you, you know, I guess what United are hoping is that the money they've outlaid, someone is going to coach them on a training pitch to be better than what they're showing at the minute. And um, I, I can't recall playing against him. I, pro- I probably did, but obviously he's got a great reputation. The challenges, obviously, a club the size of United and everything that goes with it, because it's not just what you do on the training pit. There's everything else associated with that football club, which is why Sir Alex Ferguson probably didn't take the coaching because there's so much to do when you're manager of Man United. It, it, it you have to delegate and and have your staff in and around you. You know, he's ironically he's brought Steve McLaren back. That's quite interesting, but. 
Uh, it's going to be fascinating how that goes. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, certainly will, Ashley. The, the, yeah, the I just... Out of the headlines. So, no. you know, if they have a good result, then, mm-hmm. you know, everything's positive. But as soon as there's a bad result, it just seems that it, it reverts back to a default. But the, the guy has to be given time. He has to be given time. It is going to, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think they just need a bit of that passion back in the yeah. club. You know, what we all know, Man United to be, we just haven't seen it for so long now. Um, and it's sad to see that it's gone that way so I think as you said Phil when he arrives and he has that first training session the players need to buy in they need to you know back him they need to get an understanding you know because all of that transpires to the pitch and you see that in the terms of how they'll play all of those things so I I do think they need to back him they need to buy in and yeah they need to want to be there to, to show the passion for the jersey again Yeah there's some of those players that have let previous managers down David I wonder is Ten Hag just going to be ruthless with these players and just say you've no future at the club because there's a lot of players there that probably would have been shown the door two or three years ago? Well, yeah. So the, the only thing I'd say is you look at maybe how Antonio Conte has gone about things at, at Tottenham. Has he been ruthless with those players he inherited? I think he's given those players there a fair crack at a whip mm. and then brought in a couple. I think Thomas Tuchel, everyone thought he would be ruthless and 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 get rid of loads. He's given those players there more than a fair opportunity. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think they'll just be thrown aside because that that would be poor coaching and poor management anyway. Because everyone should start with a clean slate. But if certain players don't fit your profiles, then they're not going to play. If he wants a quick ball saying ball playing centre half, probably you know Hamagar can play with the ball, but he's not maybe quick. So. I don't know. He he'd be the obvious one they, they might look at, but then they might alter their playing style. If he if he wants a deeper defensive line, Harry would do the job. If he wants a high defensive line, it's going to be a problem. So I guess we won't know. Right? We don't know exactly how he's going to go about his philosophy until he's until he's there. I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating watch next season. Um, that's us. We've run out of time. So David, thanks a million for for throughout the season and enjoy tomorrow night's game enjoy Wembley on Sunday at that half four kickoff yeah I'm sure it's going to be uh, it's, it's all right for you I mean you, you don't you can you can yeah. plan your day around and you uh, yeah I can have breakfast lunch and a snack yeah no problem absolutely you. you'll have a great time yeah actually yeah. enjoy the, the games over the week, weekend and uh, everyone thanks a million for, for tuning in throughout the season and uh I said enjoy the football over the weekend because we are in for an absolute feast. All right, take care. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.